What does shrimp and pigs and 10% have to do with each other? We'll find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, my name is Justin Kim. You're on Inverse, and we in the studio with us are Sebastian Kelly and Israel, and we are in the book of Deuteronomy. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and download our Bible study guide. You can also catch up on past episodes on hopetv.org slash inverse. You can also get our Bible study guides on the app. Just search for Sabbath School on your Apple or Android platforms, and also look at our podcast where we get your, your, audio, your audio listening pleasure. So hey guys, what's going on? We're going to look at some different components. We're going to look at pigs today. We're going to look at uh, mm. jambalaya. All right. uh, we're going to look at and 10%. And uh, what does that mean? They're all connected. They're all connected. Deuteronomy chapter 14. Deuteron- Deuteronomy chapter 14. And Braxton, can you pray for us before we read scripture? Yes, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the lessons you've taught us thus far in studying the book of Deuteronomy. We're a little bit more than halfway and we've already been blessed and encouraged to to walk with God in covenant and to live motivated by love. Now, Lord, we pray that as we dive into some of the practical dynamics of what that looks like, Lord, may you be in our thoughts and be in our understanding is our prayer in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse uh, 2 and onwards. Let's just read the whole chapter there, Israel. Let's go for All right. it. Verse 2. Do it. It says, <laughs> For you are a holy people to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself a special treasure above all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. You shall not eat any detestable thing. 21. Amen. <laughs> 21. You shall not eat anything that dies of itself. You may give it to the alien who is within your gates, that he may eat it, or you may sell it to a foreigner. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. You shall... Truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. Okay, thanks, Israel. Um, Callie, what's going on uh, in these these laws? So uh, we talked about a lot about heart stuff in the beginning of Deuteronomy, and then all of a sudden the Ten Commandments and all these laws. Is this random laws, or kind of help us for some people who may not watch the yeah. episodes with us? Yeah. So a few episodes ago, Karen, which one? We talked about how the Ten Words, the Ten Commandments, the Ten Promises, the Ten things in mm-hmm. chapter 5 um, also act as a sort of table of contents for the rest of the book of Deuteronomy mm-hmm. and just as their promises um, of like you know when you have this covenant with the Lord and you allow him to work in your heart to circumcise your heart and your heart and your heart, your heart when that happens this is what it looks like in your life mm-hmm. and I almost picture someone listening to the 10 promises and being like okay yeah so like don't take the Lord's name in vain don't murder okay can you like expand on that mm-hmm. and then God is like Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the rest of Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. So it's an expansion of those ten principles, especially in the context of the people he's talking to. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we find yeah, it's, here. Yeah, uh, it's it's as if these ten commandments, these ten promises, they have application, mm-hmm. uh, applica- applicability, app, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, they, they need to be applied. Relevance yeah. and relevance, and uh, each time and and place, they need to be applied in different ways. Mm-hmm. So the ten commandments can be applied 
applied in you know our round table scenario here in one way yeah, right. but on social media in a different way mm -hmm. and then in Kenya in a different way and then in Jamaica in a different way and in North Korea in a different way I'm yep. not from North Korea I don't know why I just said that <laughs> but anyway just, just different things different different conditions same principles but they're applied in different ways mm -hmm. the cool thing is that we covered uh, in one episode that the the laws and the feast days are found in the same section as the Sabbath for the mm -hmm. not fourth day Sabbath the seventh day Sabbath and the fourth commandment right right uh, and then we find that these laws that that Israel just kind of uh, we read the high uh, highlights of the clean and unclean meats and uh, tithing. tithing is found in the third commandment yeah yes um, why what's the connection there Sebastian well I think it, it starts in verse 2 where he says you are a holy people to the Lord your God mm -hmm. and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself a special treasure above all the peoples who are on the face of the earth and then we get into the you shall nots mm -hmm. one of the critical things that we deal with with holiness in the Bible has to do with the fact that holiness has to deal with proximity you know in terms of closeness to God and his physical presence as well as God's purpose in use mm -hmm. and you think about when Moses was at the burning bush right he'd probably taken his sheep through that wilderness a hundred times but immediately as he turned to see that sight the bush not being consumed God speaks to them and says take off your shoes for the ground of which you're standing is holy ground mm -hmm. so it wasn't holy before but now it's holy because of the proximity to the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And so this is really where God is saying, in order for you to not bear my name, mm -hmm. my character, right, to be my people, in terms of holiness requires you to come close to me and to be used as a very special treasure above all people in the world by representing me mm -hmm. in your behavior and in your actions. And that includes how you eat and what you do with your resources and your money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where people may not see it immediately in taking the Lord's name in vain, but it's clearly present in what it means to be a holy people unto God mm -hmm. and recognizing that ownership. And that's why he's saying, you have my name, now just don't take it like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's really cool that these dietary laws are found in this section. It kind of really reframes the argument in a sense. It mm -hmm. It's not that, oh, the Bible says I got to do it, but I mean, and that is true. There is an element of that. Right. But it actually, there's some context in the, in the structure of, of Deuteronomy. Israel. Well, there's different nuances. I think one of the, it's a nuance that, you know, taking the Lord's name in vain means, you know, separating the name of God from every other name. It's holy versus common. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, our bodies should be holy, not uncommon. And so in that way, we should eat holy food, not uncommon food, not common food. There's an element of that nuance there as well. But there's also mm. just the very point blank, you know, don't misuse the name of God because he is a holy God. Mm. And, and then there's also the very practical element. Look, if you eat these unclean foods, they're, you're, you're going to suffer health consequences as a result of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so there's a practical element as well as a nuanced, cool tie into the fact that this applies to that third yeah, commandment. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with nuance, but I mean, I, I would push back just a little that it, it, that uh, we do say that uh, we do, for those of us who do keep these dietary laws, we often say it's because of health reasons, mm -hmm. but we keep them such in an unhealthy way, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're vegetarian, we don't, we don't eat, uh, you know, eagles and, you know, you know whatever, Mice. the road Camel, uh, camel. <laughs> but then we we stock up on sugar and fat and carbohydrates Oreos. And, and you know Oreos, <laughs> and so we become a carbitarian, <laughs> but we're vegetarian, so we're still healthy. So then we're keeping you know dietary laws. So there there is a dissonance, yeah. but the larger and I think we do, we we agree on this. Uh, the larger framework is is holiness, and yes. that's not something that often people connect. 
eating and holiness, the mundane mm-hmm. with the sacred. Yep. Um, how, what are some other applications that we see for the, the clean and unclean distinction? Well, if, if we can go back to the, 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 the mundane and the common situation, it's funny because a name is something we use. We use our names all the time. You know, it's such a common occurrence that we that we call upon each other. We even just in this show, how many times we say each other's names, and in and in a very um, well, yours more than others. Yeah, That's right. Because we're so, especially in Deuteronomy, right? <laughs> um, and and uh, and then the other concept is the fact that we are supposed to call on the Lord our God, right? And we and 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 we're supposed to pray without ceasing, meaning that we are to continually and cons- uh, continually and constantly call upon the name of God. And so I guess the point that 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 we make here when we're we're taking the name of God in vain is how we respond to the laws that God gives to us. Mm. When we call upon him, doesn't mean that we're supposed to call on him infrequently, but it means that we're supposed to call on him with reverence. When we practice these dietary laws, it means that we're supposed to practice them with the understanding that my everyday life, as mundane as as it seems, even though it seems as though it's very a secular thing, actually has a spiritual significance and impact, mm-hmm. even the way I eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would even argue, right, that sometimes we, we're so focused on the supernatural experiences with God, like, did he, did he hear me and he answered my prayer and all of a sudden my car just like floated out of a ditch or like this kid was sinking in the ice and, and all of a sudden like we prayed and somehow he swam and the ice broke, like we, we think about these supernatural experiences and we're like, wow, like that's amazing that this experience happened. I've never seen a miracle. But to Israel's point, holiness in relationship to God is about this supernormal becoming supernatural, mm-hmm. right? That you're thinking this is just a common yeah. act. This is just so basic and low level. But in actuality, this means everything in eternity yeah. because you're representing the eternal God yeah. in this relationship and covenant. And I think about... For example, my my wife, you know, when we first got married, you have your own like dressing styles, right? And you're like, well, this is how I normally dress, right? And you fell in love with me dressing this way. But it's like now that you're married and it's like, oh, we're going to such and such's birthday party. And you're like, yeah, yeah, right. You throw your stuff. I was like, you're you're not going dressed like that, are you? (laughs) You're like, what's the big deal? Like, this is how I dress. It's like, well, it's my family. You know, you got to understand, like, there's a certain expectation. Mm. So all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) So in that immediate time, it's like, yeah, you probably need to get a collared shirt. You probably shouldn't wear those socks that have weird designs on them, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You got to shave, you know, it's just a part of that experience. And I feel like. Tracksuit. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I can't wear my running suit, my sweatsuit, you know, to these type of events and Mm. be comfortable. And the reality of that is, even though it's not my preference, it's not what I like, it's not what makes me comfortable, but because I love my wife and I want to represent her accurately in this context, I'm willing to put on that which I don't want. I'm willing to eat, you know, for example, I don't like Caribbean black cake. You know, you usually put rum and stuff in it and, you know, I'm not a fan of it, but you gotta go eat it because that's what we're gonna eat in those different contexts. Uh-huh. And. I'm gonna do that to represent my wife. And I feel like this is a big part of what's driving this holiness and relationship yeah. with Christ. I love the, the, the representation uh, element there. Uh, that, that, that's, 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 that's profound. Uh, I wanna bring your attention to, it's an interesting verse. Uh, we did, uh, Israel read, you shall not eat any detestable thing. And we looked at the animals. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys can read that in your own time, that uh, there are clean and unclean animals. Uh, there's birds, there's unclean birds and clean birds you should eat. And then it kind of goes into in verse 21, um, how how the animals die 
or the method by which they are cooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that have to do with 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 dietary laws and and holiness? Interesting. I think part of the concept that sticks out to me in terms of how things are cooked is respect for, respect for the lives of even the mm-hmm. animals. And and you see this constantly throughout scripture. Yeah. Like when you're dealing with the Sabbath commandment, God d- doesn't just worry about you, but he also worries about the maid servant, the man servant, also worries about even the the, 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 the animals, the beasts right. of, of burden. Yeah. And so even we should even have respect for the creation of God. Godliness mm. is manifested even in how we treat mm-hmm. animals that we think have no value. Mm-hmm. In. Yeah, let's take a break here. We're going to talk about cooking and holiness and how that impacts our representation of God's name. So stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Even the method of cooking, that is a part of God's uh, view of holiness and how that impacts all of us. So, Israel, you were saying? Yeah, God has respect for all, all of his creation and if we are godly we will also have that kind of respect mm-hmm. there was a there was it's funny because I don't I, I don't I've never eaten lobster in my life but there's this show that I was watching from this uh, diaries of a sushi chef or something like that this guy who's a legitimate sushi chef and and one of the things that he was cooking was these little crabs that he got from Japan and he was taking these crabs and dumping them in tempura batter and then putting them on like a sheet of um, seaweed and then deep frying it and he was deep frying these animals alive mm. and as he was doing that I was just I was in shock you know like mm. this is crazy like man how, right. how could you just kill that poor animal like that I mean like, at least like cut its head off or whatever right or how we how people cook lobster you know they just steam it and I've always wondered to myself like this is such a like there's no respect we've gone to the point where we don't respect life not putting this guy down but that's just kind of like we've gotten to the point where the life of animals is not something that we value yeah. and God says even the animals that you're gonna kill even the manner in which you eat right. an animal should give lend respect towards the life that God has given and in a sense has made that thing you know holy God has given life to that thing mm-hmm. it's a it's a representation of his character it's definitely just brought in as it zooms out a little more than like you can't eat this and you should eat that it's just more not a matter of the minutia but also the method and the attitude and some of the more holistic elements of of approaching uh, the environment not yeah. that we should be green theologians right but there is an element <laughs> of that right so right. Does, does touch on that uh, and also our attitude about consumption and materialism and, and interacting with with the earth yeah I think this is this is a critical point to make that he doesn't just say what you can and what you can't and then based on what you can go ahead and just go crazy yeah yeah that's and right. have that's at right. it right and sometimes we we look at life this way right and other commandments and other sections of life that God is trying to influence with holiness a big part of that is holding even good things with wisdom and temperance mm-hmm. and sometimes when we look at this situation and treating the animal this is safe but still treat it with respect. Right. And sometimes we're just like, well, you're my wife, or well, you're my kid, or this is my house, or this is my car, so I could just do whatever I want. And God is saying, no, you have to represent me even in that which is allowed. Kelly. And I especially appreciate that point because it really emphasizes that we need to continue to keep God 
at you know, the front lens of our eyes all the time mm -hmm. because sometimes we're like, oh, there's bad stuff over there, there's lobster, right? So like, I won't go over there so that I can be over here safely by myself in my mm. own strength, my own wisdom. Or like, yeah, like I'm, I'm married and like I ask God to bless the marriage and I'm here and I'll handle my marriage by myself mm. in my own wisdom. Mm. And so the, the need for balance, the need for temperance, the need for a holistic approach to things requires God's wisdom and his strength and his Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, there's, I say to, sometimes to a lot of people that I'm pretty much anything, I'm better at abstinence than temperance. So I'm better at skipping a meal than like not eating too much mm. or, mm. you know, things like that. It's, it's easier to just avoid something right. because in order to do something wisely and with balance and with health and not just physical health, but just health in general, mm. yeah. like it requires God because mm -hmm. one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is self-control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, we need prudence to differentiate between abstinence and temperance. Yeah. yeah I, I tweeted that once. Oh. I just like the answer. I support it. There's some things we need to be completely abstinent on, some Absolutely. things we need to be temperate on, and there's, we need to know the difference, but sometimes we want to live a very simpler life and we just either di uh, totally deal with it. indulge mm -hmm. because we have we think we have license, or we just like, hey, even in our abstinence, we just want to be mindless and be like, exactly. black or white, just tell me how it is and live that way. Mm -hmm. And it, it, we, we lose that holy connection with mm -hmm. God. Part, part of what it means to be like God is, to, is the element of stewardship, mm -hmm. you know, and when God created us in his image, he invested in us this opportunity, this ability, and this tax, task to be stewards. Mm -hmm. uh, being a steward is being, you know, in the case of Adam, was to be a steward of the animals, mm -hmm. uh, to give them names and, 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 and so forth, to be steward of the garden, to be steward of relationships. Mm -hmm. And so we are experiencing Christ-likeness or godliness as we, uh, as we exercise the gift of stewardship. And that stewardship doesn't just have to do with, uh, with animals, but it also has to do with our relationships with each other. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, I don't know if you've noticed this, but sometimes we're cruelest to the people that we're closest to, right? right. Like when we meet someone, a stranger for the first time, we're super Hello, kind. Hello, how are you? Yeah. Nice yeah. to meet you. We're willing to do whatever. Like, you know, <laughs> we give them money. If yeah. they need money, we give them food. We place yeah. a banquet before them. <laughs> and then, you know, we just had my uh, anniversary, Judy and I just had our anniversary. And out of all the places I could take it to eat, I took it to a fast food restaurant, right? Okay. Burger King. Here you go. And You and took it to Burger King? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Burger King. Burger King. <laughs> See? And then, like, for example, you guys are judging right now. Yeah. Right? Dude, that's bro. What? Yeah, but you deserve world. it, though. No See? judging. That's best worship again. Right? <laughs> so the one thing that we have in common around this table is all of us are poor stewards of relationships, right? <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah. Don't drag us yeah. down. This is your story. See, it's, it's happening right now. This is your story. Perfect illustration. Oh, and so, oh, and so, the the point is that we need God in every element of our uh, in, in every element of yes, our relationships. Right? Yeah, we do. Thank you so much. Because the stewardship <laughs> of relationships, because the stewardship of relationships, is not something that naturally comes yeah, to us. That's mm. true. Mm. It, it's it's mm. interesting you bring that up because as we transition even in the chapter to the stewardship component, it takes you back to the, the fact that God is regulating how we treat his creation, right, is going, is directly connected to now, what do we do with these other things that God is providing us that we have control over? Hmm. So it's like he created the animals and he's saying, you can eat this and you cannot eat this. And even when you eat this, treat it like this. Hmm. 
because this is how I'm giving it to you. In the same sense with the tithing and returning to God and being generous, we see that God is being generous with the things that he has made. Mm. The very concept of creation expresses his generosity because to know that the heaven of heavens cannot contain God, but yet in order for you and I to exist, God has to restrict his presence so you can occupy that space, right? So you can be who you are and where you are in all of your individuality. And that's a, that's a crazy thing to think that God is gonna restrict himself so that we can be allowed to be, right? We can be allowed to exist as our own person. Mm. And so when we come to stewardship, God's like, I'm giving you an opportunity to exercise that same generosity, that same givingness, that sense of like, I'm willing to return to God and even more mm. to express my gratitude for all the things that God has given to me because ultimately, it's the, the quintessential, right, kids buying me a gift for my birthday using my money, right? So it's like, Papa, we caught you this, right? You're like, yeah, I saw the bank account, right? It's like, I knew you great brought job. that for me. Exactly. <laughs> and, and God is essentially providing us an opportunity to do the very same thing, practice that generosity and that giving spirit. Let me merge our, our, our two, two topics together. And is it possible to lose uh, the, the stewardship of our relationships with the way we eat? Mm. What? Like, uh, like the way. So in North America, we tend to we tend to eat. We tend to eat a lot, mm -hmm. and it is. This is a global phenomenon. It, it is a, <laughs> well, we 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 don't we don't live to we live to eat, not eat to live in right. North America. That's what I'm getting at. And is it possible that that the way we eat, the way we order food, the what we what we what we order, mm -hmm. can, can we can can that be a witness, or can we also the way the can we all can we also lose uh, God's uh, take take God's name in vain? And so maybe a vegetarian, but I want to order the most expensive thing. I'll order that you know mm. fillet of leaf for one thousand dollars, and <laughs> uh, and I treat the uh, the uh, the, the waiter, uh, waitress very 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 bad. Bad, mm -hmm. and uh, mm. I, I become very picky. I'm like, hey, I want. I say gold specs, not silver specs, and I, I put the person down. <laughs> wow. Uh, is it? Is and but I'm a vegetarian. I, I eat clean meat. Is it possible right. to? I'm, I'm trying to broaden it out because yeah. the, that's what these verses are kind of alluding to. It's not just about what you put in your body, right? But also how you order and how and what kind of dietary lifestyle you live. A big, a big part of that really comes down to identity, and that's what God is trying to drive home with this third commandment section: mm. is understanding who you are. You know, there's, there's, there's people who, when you meet them on the street, right, and they say they're trying to quit smoking, you're like, hey man, w someone offers a person a cigarette, they're like, I'm trying to quit smoking. But they still see, identify themselves as a smoker. Versus a person who you say, hey, would you like a cigarette? And the person says, I don't smoke, right? They've now, even though they're trying to quit, they've already identified themselves with that type of identity. Mm. And in this sense, God is saying, when you step into any circumstance of life, you should not be saying, I'm trying to be a Christian. I'm trying to be like Jesus. You should be, I don't do that, right? Because I am a Christian, right? right? That's who I am. And that's what God is trying to, to bring together. So I think in your example, a person who's kind of, you know, nickel and diming the commandments are like, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And they're parsing out every little step of obedience is missing the broader picture of, but this is about who you are. Mm. 
and who you are in Christ should come out in regardless of circumstances I didn't give you commandments for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell you to treat the waitress with respect, but that should automatically come out of the principle of stewardship mm-hmm. and why you don't boil the, the baby goat in its mother's milk. Like, why would you think that I would command you, well, I'm not gonna, be, you know, we can't boil this goat in its mother's milk, but I could disrespect the waitress mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. God is like, there's a disconnect mm-hmm. and you're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, are there also other other elements of this dietary uh, the laws that we are that we uh, often are hypocritical on? Uh, I think in the Adventist Church, I'm asking myself the question. In in in, in Adventist faith, we we are we believe in clean and unclean meats. We follow these laws because there's no provision to make a cl- unclean meat clean again, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, the Bible also says you shouldn't eat the fat and the blood thereof, right? The blood yeah. fl- the blood and the fat is just as unclean as as pork. So if you're going to eat a steak with blood in it, might as well eat the shrimp and, and mm. the jambalaya, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that, how do we get away from that kind of, um, that in, in, we can, we can get become abused, yeah? Uh, in many people th- think of that legalistically. How do we get away from that is my question. I think, I think it's just keeping the posture of love and of service to God in everything. Okay. Um, actually, so I don't struggle with eating meat and things like that, but I really struggle with overeating and just eating things that just aren't good for me, that are technically legal in the Adventist church, <laughs> but aren't good for me. And so I'm trying to now approach meals with like, Lord, help me be wise. Mm. And it's not like, what can I get away with? So I followed these five rules and this is kind of more of a suggestion. So I can, instead of strategically trying to do what I want, I'm asking, Lord, please give me wisdom to do my best in the situation that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a completely different posture and it's so simple, right? Like I don't have to think about all the laws Mm -hmm. because God has already put all these things in my heart. And now I'm just like, Lord, show me what that means. Mm -hmm. Give me the application in this context that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. And that impacts all those other decisions like you mentioned. Amen. If we can't keep in sight the goal uh, of why we're doing what we're doing, we're going to end up losing we're, we're going to end up losing the whole point. We're going to end up losing what we're doing, right? And uh, that that is the point that Christ is making is do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Mm. In other words, be an accurate representation of the God that you claim to serve. And if we lose sight of that, then we're ultimately going to be doing all of these things and they're going to have no ultimate benefit for mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ultimate question comes down to is your identity. Who are you? Are you merely a church member or are you a disciple of the Lord Jesus whom you love and you're trying to find out what to do to, to make him happy and to discover his will. And then when it comes to dietary laws, more than the tit-for-tat details, it's about following what God wants you to do for for his will in your life. Thanks so much for joining us. We had a wonderful discussion. I don't know, this was this was a very enlightening discussion for me and pointing out a lot of hypocrisy and inconsistencies in my own life. Hopefully, same for yours. Uh, maybe may it be a blessing in your life. Uh, we'll see you next week as we continue our discussion in the book of Deuteronomy. God bless you. We'll see you next week.
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.